theoretically possible. Why waste time? But it doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston, France to ATR. Three, two, one. Greatest day of your whole life has just begun. We get the honor of hearing Quinn's brain. She's been reading a book. I'm excited to learn about it. Please go on. I'm excited to talk about this. Now, this book, it's a mind bender. It's also... (laughs) Should I be surprised? No No way. No way. Okay, well, we're not going to talk about the whole book. We're going to talk about one very small little idea from this book. And we'll probably do multiple episodes from the ideas that come out of this book because it is really pretty fascinating and explanatory for a lot of things that we talk about like social media stories content all of that stuff and media in this in this crazy weird interconnected world that we live in mm-hmm. today the book is called homo deus mm-hmm. and it is by my new favorite author your new favorite author he all is right. my favorite author for sure Yuval Noah Harari and he's written several different books and I've, I'm in the midst of reading his other one called Sapiens which mm. um, came before this one but Homo Deus is about it's a brief history of tomorrow hmm. a brief history about tomorrow all right I'm, we're already deep in, Inclu- the, in the description <laughs> yeah it's it is a pretty deep book but it's amazing so I'm gonna read one little section to just start us off and then we'll go ahead and talk about it because I do think that it's a pretty profound statement overall that will get us both thinking and talking about some really interesting, very applicable things that are going on today. Okay. Okay. I'm ready for this. Okay. He says, we want to believe that our lives have some objective meaning and that our sacrifices matter to something beyond the stories in our head. Yet in truth, the lives of most people have meaning only within the network of stories they tell one another. Meaning is created when many people weave together a common network of stories. Why does a particular action seem meaningful to me? Because the people around me think it's meaningful. This creates a self-perpetuating loop, which reinforces the web. To watch history is to watch the spinning and unraveling of these webs. Whoa. Yes. I I actually followed that really well. And that is, uh, I I, I can't argue that. It it makes perfect sense. It, It does. Well, I mean, what it really, I think, to me, what it made me think, a lot of different things, but specifically... Why social media is such a pervasive and ubiquitous tool that people are just completely gravitated towards, right? Mm. It's the opportunity to express and create meaning outside mm-hmm. of their own head that other people can absorb and and verify and validate saying like or comment or whatever they, they need to do, right? right? And so it really does kind of, in a weird way, it really hits at the heart of what we're all trying to seek. Yeah. And, but I think... One of the other big things that it made me think about too was, and we've talked about this before, is how important stories, the stories that we tell one another, the stories that our grandparents and our parents have told and are passed down from year to year, the stories in history books, Mm -hmm. you know, these stories really help shape the way that we see reality, the way that we see the world, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the ending part is that when you look at history from a macro level, it's the constant spinning of the webs of stories that we tell. And then the unraveling of it as well. And then mm-hmm. the re-spinning of it. And you see this go on, going on if you really do take a macro outlook over centuries and centuries of, you know, why people believe this and how silly it is that we now look back and say, I can't believe they actually thought that. Mm. But that is actually what they thought because of the stories that they told and, you know. The, it perpetuates. It does. So, yeah, I just thought it was a very interesting, you know, segment of the book that made me think about, wow, 
it kind of explains why people are so obsessed with social media. It's uh, yeah. the ability or with what the internet has allowed humans to be able to do, mm-hmm. which wasn't before. Like no one had the opportunity just because you had an idea or a story or a thought in your head didn't merit you being in the newspaper back in the day. Right. Mm-hmm. Didn't merit you going on TV. But now with the internet, anyone with an opinion or a thought, a consciousness in their head, which is, you know, all sapiens right now mm-hmm. for the most part, um, has the opportunity to share what's in their head with others and create meaning for themselves. Hmm. So it kind of enables each individual to be their own author of their own book. And then it's only validated if others agree with that vision of yourself. Yeah. To an extent, but you can also fake it as well. I know you can, you can fake it as we we've talked about. Also, you can fake a story. You can actually perpetuate a story and it's actually not real at all. But if you trick enough people, then it is real to them, right? To them, yeah. But also, you know, we're all in a weird way right now in these different weird realities where even though I can read something or watch something that I completely disagree with and I'm like, wow, that person's way out of line with reality, they will find someone who agrees with that subjective Mm, reality. Yeah. And because they have multiple people who subjectively feel the same way, they create some sort of uh, their own an obje- truth. They create an objective reality, mm. even though it's an objective reality. Really, is just the sum of subjective realities yeah. for the most part. Yeah. And so now we're in this weird, you know, experiment of time, experimental time with the internet, where mm-hmm. we don't know how to deal with this. We've, this has never happened before. It used to be localized, right? Like you would just hear the stories from your your local family or your local town or whatever. And mm-hmm. that was what your reality was kind of, that, that's the web that was spun. But mm-hmm. now the web is like, there's so many different webs. Yeah. It's so fascinating. And, and the, the really getting at the heart of stories, it's not, we're not just projecting facts about ourselves. Like, Hey, yeah. I have blue eyes. Hey, I do, you know, I do this for work or whatever. No, it's the stories that we, that we tell that are compelling to people to actually bring them in to make them feel connected with one another because mm-hmm. we're a social species for and, sure. And it's definitely up for interpretation, which leads to multiple issues long-term for sure. So this is kind of, a, it, I mean, in all honesty, it kind of makes me sad when I think about it because if you can, well, everyone can now find their own little place, but if everyone finds their own little place and maybe your place is harmful to society, then that's not a good thing. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. You know, like if you're writing your own story and in the past it was, it kind of went the process of others validate your story and therefore put you on the platform, whether it's like the TV is choosing to focus on your story or the newspaper is choosing to write an article on you. Now you're writing your article and the system itself can be feeding you to the people who want to, to find that information or you could just be living in your own world and then you're connected with those that are similar to that. And therefore, even though it's a bad thing, you feel as though you're complete. Right. Because you're finding others that are like you, thinking like you, acting like you, believing that this is the best thing for them. I mean, we're looking at yeah. the world with terrorists and the Taliban and all these things going on. And I'm just like, oh, shoot. What's next? Yeah. Yeah. But in in a way, I mean, it's a double edged sword. It's always been that way. Right. I think like before it was not a democratic 
dissemination of information, right? It was basically mm. the people who owned the newspapers or who owned the television. They right. got to choose what we saw and the information that we saw. Right. And so to that effect, it's, it, it's, it's definitely, it's changed. It's good for some and it's yeah. not good for others. But also at the same time, if you think about, if you really take a macro approach about what is, what are, what are the biggest threats to humans on a daily basis? It's really not terrorist activity, mm. but we think that it is a highlight of a huge threat because it's constantly communicated to us and talked about On across networks. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it really is such a confusing time. I think if you, if you think back even, you know, two centuries ago, how much more simple reality seemed right mm -hmm. now there's the phrase that ignorance is bliss. Is that better or worse? And now we have, mm too much information where it's really difficult to sort through and to understand where to actually focus. Yeah. Where you do got we... to do a lot of work to figure out what's actual truth and what's not. You do. And but... a lot of times you get rewarded for simplifying it, which kind of blurs out the actual facts of it. Right. But you know, I think that what people are not, people aren't always trying to seek truth either. Right. Reality isn't hmm. truth. Reality is subjective. For the most part, there is people, we all want to believe that there's an objective truth and there are obviously certain objective truths yeah. that we all agree upon. Right. But that's because we all agree upon them. That's what makes them objective. Yeah. But I think that there's, it's just, it's very interesting to think about how one's subjectivity of reality, what are, what are they really looking for? And, and that, and that quote, it's the meaning of their own life. Like, mm. what is their meaning? What is their objective meaning in this life, in this world? Yeah. And the way that they try to, con and it's just still the same. This is how it was thousands of years ago, and it's still the same. We have different technology, but humans are trying to create their own objective meaning through yeah. stories that they tell other people. Yeah, or discover what that meaning is, which sometimes takes time. And I, I often think sometimes people don't even ever figure it out, and they go through life without you know, always seeking what is my end point, goal, purpose, meaning. Right. What is the meaning? And, and we even tell stories about people who have been, who are no longer with us in the past, like Winston Churchill or Mother Teresa, right? There's stories that we tell from their memoirs or from what other people saw or what they did. And we continue to tell those stories to give meaning to their lives, but not only to their lives, but the, like what they actually meant symbolically hmm. to the world. Yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah. it, it, it's just, it's very interesting. That's how we all communicate still is through storytelling. Yeah. So what are kind of the main pickups you get from that segment that you just read? Like anything that you can think of that may be actionable for us as a team or going forward as we're continuing our ongoing journey on life? Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that we've probably held back more than ever in the time that we've been together is in over this, the course of this last year or so we've had podcasts where we talk about ideas, interesting things that are going on. Sometimes we talk about what's going on in our life, but for the most part, we're not really telling the full story of us, no. of what we're actually doing and what we're creating. Um, I think that maybe that's, that, that may change mm. in the future for us. That may be something that we want to focus a little bit more on. But at the hmm. same time, you and I have also changed to where it's like, it's not really about us. It's about the things we create. It's the ideas that we find fascinating and what we do with them that is more mm -hmm. interesting. But I do think that it's a reminder, at least to me, that don't, don't underestimate the power of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you really want people to remember the things, the ideas 
that you want to, you know, implement that could make the world better. You mm-hmm. have to, the most effective way still today for humans is through storytelling. Yeah. It's not about lecturing. Here's, here are the different facts. This is why you need to learn about this. This is why it's so important. It's telling it through a story where they feel the emotion. They feel some sort of a connection. There's a beginning, a struggle, getting past the struggle and then a conclusion of some sort, right? Mm. There's, there's a pattern of flow to a story that, um, I think will be really interesting to see how we experiment with that in mm. this next phase moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think, I don't know. I mean, to me, this is a, another thing that I've been thinking about is, you know, as you know, I've been really resistant to going back into social media in mm-hmm. any way, shape or form. Right. But this kind of in a weird way made me think a little bit differently. Whereas like, okay, well maybe I don't like a lot of the stuff that's going on social media where I don't care about fame. I don't care about, you know, taking a picture of myself, like who cares or what I'm eating or anything like that. But how can I use social media as a tool? Cause it is a tool mm-hmm. or how can I use the internet maybe more broadly yeah. as a tool to really tell stories that give meaning and connect other people together so that we can together create something more meaningful yeah objectively well to me it's always like what is the purpose of that post that you're making or that statement you're making on social media and we i think the last thing we honestly posted on social media was we're participating in the vaccine trial and that had a deep purpose the purpose was to not get people to participate in the vaccine trial but if we're taking the risk on doing this when it hasn't been approved then you should at least be willing to go get the vaccine when it is approved for the masses. And so there was a a deeper meaning. When we did Life Out of the Box and we did our whole blog every single day, it was with the purpose of creating our social venture to be able to sell handmade goods all around the world and provide children with school supplies all over the world. And that was very clear cut. And so it was... it, it. I understood every single time we made a post why we were doing it. Right. So as we're going forward, the key is what's the point of the post? And right. if we have a clear cut reason for it, then why wouldn't we post it? But right. if, if we don't have one, it's okay to be patient. I mean, I don't want to be posting just a post just to be relevant. It's not for our own sense of satisfaction. Right. There has to be something more meaningful for it to count for me yeah i'm with you 100 there's no we, there's no real need for external validation for us mm. with social media that's not how we get the validation or whatever it is that you know we feel like we need to feel like we're progressing or doing okay it's yeah. just not that's just not what we need other people might and that's okay that's no judgment there but it's just yeah. i think you know when we're I, I also think about our ted talk that we did and the concept the idea that we were putting forth wasn't necessarily revolutionarily big changing right it was mm. using business for social good mm-hmm. now this is definitely become something that's more in the zeitgeist with stakeholder capitalism um and whatnot but the idea itself wasn't the reason why we we got accepted to do our ted talk the reason we did our we got accepted to do our ted talk is because of the story we told behind the idea mm-hmm like that's really how we came to this idea, how this actually can work. It was telling our story of leaving California to create a social venture and the story, the adventure that unfolded in front of us as we attempted to do this and then concluding with here, now we're actually doing it and this is sustainable, this is scalable, this is 
doable. It doesn't have to only be in a nonprofit entity format. It could be in a different type of entity format, right? Right, yeah. And so, but the story was really the more interesting thing than just explaining to people why, how businesses, how business can actually be formed as an entity to do good, where the bottom line isn't just to make money, but it is a sustainable way to consistently create positive change. Yeah. So stories are interesting. Yeah. Because while you were reading that that part of the book, I was thinking about Steve Jobs and how he wanted his biography written right before he died. And he chose one of the best uh, authors to do biographies. He did Ben Franklin's and he wanted it to be honest. That's what he said. But at the same time, he's alive and he's kind of like, this is true. This is not. It's it, There's natural bias in there. But I do kind of feel like that biography was a lot of his legacy, almost as maybe as meaningful to him as Apple Computers, the co- corporation was right. when he passed. And it makes you think, like, what's your story when you got to go? Yeah, it is you very know? interesting. Well, and it also makes me think, too, in our training with the PhD, the training was definitely to strip out the bias as much as possible the entire time. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like breaking down our instinct to tell a story, right? That was personal or subjective in some way. It was really stripping away the bias. Don't tell a story like it's subjective. This is an objective this is an objective experiment that we're trying to seek the truth out, building yeah. on the shoulders of giants from before, right? Building on a theory. Right. And in a in an interesting way it makes me think it, I think it's actually, a, it was a great thing, you know, kind of gives us a bit of a, more of a balance of really trying to not make our stories as biased as possible because I think just intuitively, subconsciously, we always want to put our bias in there, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to believe that we were wrong because we thought we were right, but maybe right. we weren't, you know, yeah. if you really, you know, pulled the entire company in Apple, mm-hmm. w- would most people say that that decision was wrong or right by Steve Jobs and Steve says it's right. Yeah. And they would say it's wrong. So what's real? What's the real reality? This is a subjective reality, no mm-hmm. matter what. So, um, yeah, I just think that it will be interesting to see how we tell stories moving forward with that training in the background, also in our mind, that's not going to go away. Yeah. And also understanding how important stories are and how influential they've been in giving us opportunities as well, mm-hmm. you know, like with a Ted talk and, and whatnot on social media, when we first used it Instagram was a very different beast, right? Yeah. It was a very different thing. And, um, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what we do moving forward. Right. Um, but it, it just, in a way that, that quote just, I don't know, lit a light bulb in my head of, okay, wow, this is actually, I'm understanding social media in a different frame, <laughs> the yeah. internet and w- the people's desires to really share stuff that I don't understand why they're sharing it. Yeah. But it's, well, yeah. It, it seems as though even without the technology, it's always been a legacy of telling stories handed down from generations on that will continue to go on regardless of social media. Yep. It just, the social media allows a larger platform and allows you to have more control of being your own author of your own story. And if you want to sprinkle a little pixie dust on it, you have the ability to do so. Exactly. And just, you know, to conclude, sometimes it's in a way, I know we've, there's different ways of looking at this, but I also think, you know, the internet allowing people to have more access to more individuals telling their stories also offers more acceptance to those who maybe would never have been able to find acceptance Mm, in the past. Good point. So 
yeah, interesting weird world we're in where we're a bunch of humans still in this experiment of life. It's that but simple. It's that simple. Perhaps. Um, <laughs> perhaps. But I look forward to speaking with you all tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.